Oh, hell, do you read me? Affirmative, Dave. I read you. everybody you're listening to a brand new episode of the all things dave podcast and i'm your host phantom dark dave and today i got a solo episode in store for you guys last time i had ed the undead on here and we talked about our favorite comedies and today i'm getting nostalgic because i'm going to talk to you about my favorite cartoons from childhood and so this list is going to be kind of mixed up right like all these cartoons i'm going to talk about were near and dear to my heart growing up some of them i still watch today some of them i don't but I was a product of the 90s, and there was so many great cartoons that came on, and I absolutely loved them. And so I thought it'd be cool. You know, I don't know how long this episode would be. It might be one of the short ones, but I didn't want to do like a top five because I felt like that'd be too short. Then I didn't want to do a top 20 because I felt like that would have been too long. So I settled in the middle. You're going to get a top 10 with an honorable mention. And, you know, I don't care who you are. Everybody loves some kind of cartoon. Even if you're like, I don't watch cartoons. I'm like, yeah, but you did. And between us, you probably still do. (laughs) So let's not waste any more time. Let's just dive into what I got in store. And it is an honorable mention. I'm going to come out of the gate with a confession. I've never seen The Jungle Book. I know people love it. I know it's supposedly great. And I know it's something I need to do. Especially if I'm ever going to do like a top five Disney movies or something. So I may not know how cool Baloo the Bear is. But... I totally know how cool Baloo the Bear is because my number 10 is from 1990. It's Tailspin. Get me with a 
This show ran for 66 episodes. In this cartoon, Baloo is a bush pilot, which is someone who flies a small plane in areas where it's harder to land or areas where they have like unpaved runways. This show, it takes place around 1938, which is totally awesome. So I, even when I was a kid, I guess I liked classic things. But, you know, Baloo... He runs this air cargo freight business that's called Baloo's Air Service, and he's often joined by a character that I just, I remember I loved. And he was a young grizzly bear, wore a backwards hat. His name was Kit Cloudkicker, which is really cool because I got a cat named Kit. What's up, boy? This show, it's simple, but it's just got a lot of heart, and you can't talk about cartoons without mentioning some kind of Disney. So, there you go. Kickstarting this list, honorable mention, Tailspin. Way to go, Disney. Number 10, speaking of Disney, they've shown up again. Everybody loves a comedy about a duck. Am I right? But I'm not talking about Donald Duck. No, no, no. I'm talking about everybody's favorite duck superhero. My number 10 is from 1991. It's Darkwing Duck. This is not on my list because I'm an Anaheim Ducks guy. No, it's my favorite hockey team. I love me some Ducks. And never mind that they're both at one point in time owned by Disney. <laughs> this show, it ran for 91 episodes. And quick spoiler, this will not be the only time you hear the word superhero on this episode. You can call him Drake Mallard or Darkwing Duck, but you can't not call him hilarious. This cartoon was full of slapstick humor and even spawned off a Nintendo game that I loved. I remember I rented it from Blockbuster, and it was hard as shit, but it was such a fun game to play. I know this one's pretty low on my list, but the reality is I haven't seen it in a really long time, and I was just I felt really good about putting it on here because I felt like it found a home, and it's something that I'd be happy to try again. Number nine. I told you that you, you know, would hear superhero again, and here we go. But only this time, we're getting environmental in here. My number nine is from 1990. It's Captain Planet in the Planeteers. Our world is in peril. Gaia, the spirit of the Earth, can no longer stand the terrible destruction plaguing our planet. She sends five magic rings to five special young people. Watch from Africa with the power of Earth. From North America, we live with the power of fire. From the Soviet Union, Minka with the power of wind. From Asia, Yi with the power of water. And from South America, Mati with the power of heart. When the five powers 
summon Earth's greatest champion, Captain Planet. This show ran for 113 episodes, and it had me all about recycling at a young age. Also, being a big fan of Green Lantern like I am, it was just really cool that all these characters have power rings, and it allows them to manipulate things like earth, wind, water, fire, and heart. Sounds like a new band, am I right? I remember being six years old and just wishing I can control fire, because Wheeler was a really cool character. Don't worry, not a pyro. Now, as an adult... <laughs> with my lack of love for swimming in large bodies of water, I'd probably more align myself with controlling water. But anyways, this show was really cool because, you know, its messages are different, its characters are down-to-earth, pun completely intended there, and when their powers combine, they summon the greatest of them all, and that is Captain Planet. Who doesn't love a superhero with a mullet? I know I do. And check this, for all my Star Trek friends out there, Two of the voices of this show were Whoopi Goldberg and LeVar Burton. Come on, that's some solid TNG love right there. Number 8. Speaking of a show that has messages, how about a show that always ended with a positive message for kids? It's from 1993. It's Adventures of Sonic the Hedgehog. This show ran for 66 episodes, and it was great. It's centered on a planet called Mobius, and it featured Sonic, Tells, and Dr. Robotnik in a large ensemble of anthropomorphic. I never can say this word right. I write it down. Anthropomorphic. I'm pretty sure I'm saying it right, but like animals that walk on two legs, you know, <laughs> characters. And it's crazy. Like they replaced all the humans on here, but I've mentioned this before. I am a huge Sonic the Hedgehog fan, and, you know, I say that because, like, when I say I'm a huge Sonic fan, I don't want people to be like, who, the fast food joint? No. Even though, when I was young, I used to always get them wacky packs with a cherry Coke. So good. And, um, you know what's funny? While we're on the subject, in this cartoon, Sonic eats chili dogs. And my favorite thing to eat at Sonic, like, as an adult, is a chili dog. So maybe this cartoon has, like, means more to me than I realize. Well, the video games for Sega Genesis, just, oh, the cartoon, just all this so near and dear to my heart. Something about this blue, fast-running, and quick-thinking hedgehog always captured my attention. And even Dr. Robotnik was great. I think he's even better when played by Jim Carrey in the recent films, but still completely serviceable. And it's crazy, like, 
growing up and being an adult and then watching your kids grow up, they were into Sonic Underground, which really cool song too. But if I'm being honest, as cool as Sonic Underground is, I always have to go back to, you know, what I loved as a kid. Obviously the point of this episode, but it's just that nostalgia, man. I'm a total product of the 90s, and whenever like it, you'd hear the ringing of the bell and then Adventures of Sonic the Hedgehog came on, you sat your ass down in front of that TV and watched it. Number seven, let's take a quick break and talk about a cartoon that I loved from 1993, but it was totally not for kids. <laughs> My number seven is Beavis and Butthead. <laughs> <laughs> This show ran for 209 episodes. Now, that of course includes the revamp season that they had in the 2000s, but man, seeing this cartoon as a kid was so cool because it was like nothing. Like it had nothing in common with all these other cartoons. It was so rebellious. And this one came on MTV, and so I, they were able to get away with a lot more, and the humor was very crude. This cartoon isn't higher on my list because. It doesn't necessarily hold up as well as some of the others, but it left quite an impact on me as a kid, right? Like, I couldn't go a day without talking about, you know, I am Cornholio. I need TP for my bunghole. I don't know if that's a good or bad impression, but I did the best I can. But I, I don't know if girls liked this show growing up. I mean, they totally could have, but I know, like, as a young boy, we just thought this shit was, like, top-notch comedy. And, I, you know, girls, I think... At this time, didn't they have Daria? I know Daria was a spinoff of Beavis and Butthead, but I never tried it. I wonder if it's any good. Uh, I'll leave you with two more things. One, I absolutely loved Beavis and Butthead. I loved Beavis and Butthead Do America. And two, when I was in elementary school, I took my school pictures in a Beavis and Butthead shirt. Actually, I'll leave you with another thing. Check this out. I remember this one time I stayed the night at my friend's house. His name was Nick, and he was the son of my aunt's friend named Christy. Hopefully that wasn't too hard to follow. But the reason I tell you this, what's cool about it is these are the same people that I saw my first horror movie with in theater. It was my aunt, her friend, and her and her son, and we saw Scream. Totally awesome. But the point of the story is, now that you know who these people are, I stayed at his house for the weekend, and I remember he and I stayed up all night and just watched countless episodes of Beavis and Butthead. And specifically this weekend, I remember my aunt was like, you want to go to a concert with me and your uncle? And I was like, nah, because I wanted to watch this damn cartoon, right? As an adult, I now realize how dumb that decision was. Not because of how dumb the show is or anything, but because I turned down seeing Boston in concert. And not too much later, that lead singer had died. Damn it. All right, let's keep going. Number six. We're still stuck in 1993, and that's completely okay with me. This show was awesome and is another example that I did love science fiction as a kid. My number six is Mighty Max.
This show ran for 40 episodes, but it was so cool. Max is the main character, and he's a young boy. He's around 12 years old, and honestly, he looked a lot like me. At this point, I think I was about nine, but we looked the same. Like, I had blonde hair, he had blonde hair. I always wore a baseball cap. He wears a baseball cap, but the biggest difference are my caps were, like, plain. His cap, the one that Max wears, it allows him to travel across dimensions. Craziest thing is, after doing research, I found out that this show was actually based on a toy line in Britain, and it was an outgrowth of Polly Pocket. Do you guys remember Polly Pocket? I know it was a girl toy or whatever, but I never had it. But I also never had the Mad Max toys. Uh, Mad Max, that's not right. Mighty Max. Boy, that'd be some shit. Like, you're a kid playing with Mad Max toys. But even to this day, I've still never seen these Mighty Max toys. But I would probably want to own it. If I come across it, I might get it. Now, this show... It, it very well might have the coolest villain. I know that straight out of the gate, He-Man's not on my list today, guys. I do enjoy He-Man, but it wasn't huge for me, and I love the bad guy in He-Man. But this one had a guy very similar. His name is Skullmaster, but Skullmaster is a lava monster, and he's voiced by Tim Curry. Like, <laughs> need I say more? This cartoon, it might be... One of the most obscure cartoons on my list, but it's definitely one that you should seek out or, for some of you, revisit. Number five. I'm beginning to think that 1993 was the year for cartoons, and this one is probably the zaniest of them all. It's about two brothers and a sister who live in the Warner Brothers Tower. You know what I'm talking about. It's Animaniacs. It's time for This cartoon was batshit crazy, and I loved it. It ran for 99 episodes on its original run, and it didn't have to make sense to be funny, and they proved that with every single episode. You know, adults, as, as adults, we watch like modern kid movies, and I bring this up for a reason, because we're usually like shocked to find out how much adult humor is hidden in them. Hey, it was first in Animaniacs, man, I'm telling you. You go back and watch some of these episodes, and you're like, wow, that really happened right there. They said that. <laughs> cool thing is, this cartoon, it's funny for kids, but it's really funny for adults, man. In fact, the best thing about this cartoon is how it's just insanely packed with Easter eggs. There's movie and TV references, and honestly, if you blink, you miss them. Like, you, it's crazy. I'll tell you this much. I actually have a favorite episode. And I forgot what it was called, but it's 
takes place in a video store. And it's like an overnight video rental store. It's closed for the night, obviously. And then all the VHS covers come to life. It's incredible. If you guys have a chance to check it out, any movie lovers, you'll get a kick out of it. Did you know that um, Animaniacs was produced by Steven Spielberg? Did you know that my number four was also? It's from 1990. It's Tiny Toon Adventures. We're tiny, we're toony, we're all the little loonies. And in this cartoony, we're invading your TV. We're comic dispensers, we crack up all the censors. This show ran for 102 episodes, and it was fun. It basically just featured a new and young generation of Looney Tune characters, and most of them were related to the classic Looney Tune characters, which is really cool. The main characters were like Buster and Babs Bunny, but the chaos that happened, right, with Plucky and Hamilton and Elmira and Dizzy Devil just created pure bliss. It literally captured the spirit of the original Looney Tunes, but it found a way to be fresh and yet familiar. I remember I had this Tiny Toon Adventures book, and I used to love to draw pictures out of it back when, you know, I used to love to draw. And this book had one of my favorite characters in there. Uh, I think call him Maximilian. I used to draw this character relentlessly until I was able to draw him perfect from memory. But since I'm almost 39... That memory has faded, and I can't draw that anymore, but my memories of this show will last forever. Number three, here we go. Who knew that in 1990, I'd be a massive Howie Mandel fan? My number three is Bobby's World. man bobby's world was another unique cartoon even though it aired on regular tv this is one that could have easily blended with some of the cartoons that came on nickelodeon especially in the later years this show ran for 81 episodes and it was fantastic it focused on a kid and his overactive imagination 
What's better than that? As a kid, I had a very active imagination, and I'd venture to say that you did too. But how cool that with this cartoon, it's like all drawn out for us. As you can assume, the main character's name is Bobby, and he's voiced by Howie Mandel. Also, Howie Mandel did more voices in this show. He voiced the dad, Howard, and he even makes live-action appearances in the show. And somehow, it's not weird. Like, it just works. It's great. I really enjoyed the art of this show and the voyages that Bobby pretended to go on. And it's funny, now that I mention it, I'm like, this was a lot like Rugrats. But I didn't watch that show, so there we go. I remember really liking a particular Halloween episode where Bobby and his Uncle Ted build a haunted house inside their living room. It was awesome. And as a side note, I'll tell you this. Talk about something random. This show taught me what athlete's foot was. I'm serious. You can look it up. I don't know the name of the episode, but if you don't believe me, it blew my mind. What can I say? All right. My top two cartoons that I loved when I was a kid. This was hard. I'm talking so hard that the tidy whities made it bend, bro. Like, I remember there were two cartoons that stood tall above the rest, but putting them in order was going to be the hard part. Well, after much consideration, much debate, many hours alone in the dark with a pillow over my face and Swiss cheese on my balls, my number two is from 1992. It's Batman, the animated series. Okay, so, you know, it wasn't really Swiss cheese on my balls. <laughs> it's blue cheese. And that's because I gave myself blue balls just trying to put these great cartoons in order. This show ran for 85 episodes. And listen up. Everybody loves Batman, right? Kevin Conroy is Batman. Perfect. Combine that with Mark Hamill as Joker. Perfect. It's a match made in heaven. I love Batman the Animated Series. It had such a fantastic design with the matte paintings and it featured, like, the just best killer rogues gallery and we all know that batman was created by bob kane and bill finger but i think what bruce tim and paul dini were able to do with this cartoon the creation of batman the animated series that's what captured kids hearts man this podcast honestly could be like over two hours long just talking about love for batman the animated series that's why i couldn't bring ed the undead on this show right you guys don't have that kind of time you know it's true bro Everything from Joker to Two-Face, Robin to Harley Quinn, this show established such a foundation for Batman that they're still making Batman cartoons to this day. Here we go. My favorite cartoon growing up. You might be asking yourself, what could I have loved more than Batman? It's crazy to say, but 
this cartoon came out the exact same year, and it's Marvel. That's right, my favorite cartoon as a kid is none other than X-Men, the animated series. This show ran for 76 episodes, and it was like the animated epitome of my childhood. If you were a kid and you didn't watch this show in 1992, you either lived under a rock, you didn't own a TV, or you just got something against the coolest mutants who ever lived, man. I know that I usually never put Marvel on a pedestal, and I would never put Marvel like above DC, especially when talking about animated things like all the DC animated movies just crush the Marvel animated movies but you know when we go back to 1992 and we talk about these two cartoons X-Men to me just barely edges out Batman it even hurts to say it but it's fucking true this show had the absolute like best intro music uh best visuals and it just <laughs> It really featured some groundbreaking storytelling for me. And I, I know, you know, you get a lot of this stuff from the comics and stuff. But when I was a little kid, I didn't watch the comics. So this was my introduction to things of, like, Professor Xavier and Wolverine and Rogue and Beast and Jubilee and Jean Grey and Cyclops, Storm, Magneto, Cable, Sabretooth, Bishop, Morph. Like, the list goes on and on. But my favorite character was Gambit, man. Like, Gambit's fucking awesome. And, in fact, I got a cool little story I want to tell you guys. When I was a kid watching the show, it came on the Fox Kids Network. That was Channel 33 before it became the WB. Well, they used to run, like, contests all the time. It's like, fill out this postcard, send it to blah, 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 90078, whatever it is. And you always hear that, but you never think twice about it. Especially as a kid, like, you can't take action. For whatever reason, I remember I told my grandma I wanted to do that. So she bought me a postcard. And, again, this was only one time I ever did this. And I filled it out and I sent it in. It was like, name your favorite show and tell us why, and you'll be entered into our sweepstakes. I actually won that sweepstakes, guys, and it was because of this show. I filled out this postcard, and I just wrote on them my favorite show, X-Men, and put reason why, I love Gambit. Like, that's all I wrote. Next thing I know, a package arrived at my grandma's house, and I won a Talkboy pin. If you don't know what a Talkboy pin is, it's very similar to that thing that Kevin McAllister used in Home Alone 2. I use that shit all the time. It was amazing, but I digress. X-Men, the animated series, was just wonderful, and it still is, and I heard they're going to add to it, and I hope they do. And I even got some favorite episodes, like, when it comes down to it, the Phoenix Saga. Those were just badass. And so that wraps it up, guys. I mean, I gave you a personal look 
at my childhood. These cartoons meant so much to me. And I know folks listen, like we're not going to have the same list. There's people out there that loved Spider-Man and I didn't get into Spider-Man till later. There's people that love Ninja Turtles and He-Man and Thundercats and, and I liked those shows too, but I had to go with what I really watched like <laughs> all the time. And that was these shows. And with that being said, I think it would be really cool to piggyback off this episode. And then next time I sit down to do a solo episode, maybe I'll tell you about my favorite like live action shows as a kid because I watched a lot of cartoons but I also watched a lot of other stuff that was family friendly and a lot of fun and of course all this was before I turned that faithful age when I saw Scream in theater and pretty much loved horror for the rest of my life and so it's pretty cool you get to see what was Dave like before being you know headfirst into horror and he was like this you know he liked to watch stuff that circled the horror genre like mighty max but then also stuff like batman which was dark and x-men and, and silly shit like tailspin and animaniacs and so it's pretty cool just wanted to give you guys an inside look at cartoons i loved as a child and i'd love to hear from you guys and see what cartoons you loved as a child if you lived on a farm what the fuck did you watch you know what i'm saying i love you julie and you know this but i'll let that be that you guys have a wonderful day and thank you for listening to the all things dave podcast mm -hmm.